Thank you. Good evening, church. Hey, look at you all. You're so beautiful. <laughs> Just need one of these. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was a cool song. I saw Pastor Lynn. She was busting the moves. She said, come on, remember those old days? Let's break out the moves. What old days? We've always been redeemed, right? Not quite. <laughs> I was a terrible dancer, my goodness. I was hopeless. <laughs> I, you see people in the nightclubs and they're sort of like... I just couldn't tell it. I just... I just couldn't get into it. I'm, I'm more like Mr. Bean. <laughs> Does everyone know Mr. Bean? Rona, he was at the Olympics. That, that's sort of my moves. I'm sort of not like, you know, can't go crazy. We'll go crazy in God tonight, eh? That's, that's much better than trying to dance, eh? <laughs> Do you know, we serve a fantastic God. We serve a wonderful God. We serve such a giving God, a loving God. Our God is magnificent. You know, our God, I'm just so grateful to our God, our eternal creator, the God that came into our lives, the God that brought salvation, the God that brought peace, the God that breaks every disease. This is the God that we serve tonight, church. This is an amazing God, a mighty God. Do you know that we have plans for our lives that are laid out before we're even born? Do you know that when we finish with this life, that's not the end, that we go on and, and rule and reign for ages to come? That is the God that has planned this out for us. His loving God, the loving God so much, He loved us so much that He sent His Son while we were still sinners. He sent His Son to pay the price for our sins that we would have right relationship with Him. That is the God that we serve today. That is the God that we're singing to tonight. That is the God that we are loving upon. The God of the impossible. Are you with me tonight? It is the God of the impossible. He is the God of the impossible. All chains broken. All sicknesses healed. That is the God that we serve tonight. Amen? That is the God that I love. That is the God that has invaded my heart and my life. That is the God that I have yielded to. But do you know what, church? Sometimes there is a gap between our confession of faith and the life that we live. Sometimes there's just that, you know, that tinsy-winsy little gap between our confession on a Sunday and our life on a Monday. And, uh, <laughs> do you know, I, I, I've, been, I've been journeying. And, and, and it, for me, it's a matter of where I'm positioned, of my viewpoint, of where I see. And, you know, if, if you think about a matter of a viewpoint, a, a child that's three years old, Tying their shoelaces, man, that's impossible. What three-year-old can tie their shoelaces? Mine can't, so therefore it's impossible. Because <laughs> my child's are perfect. <laughs> at, a, at the age of five, tying their shoelaces, that's a big deal. Everyone that comes into the home, we celebrate. Hey, Oscar can tie his shoelaces, did you know that? By the time that they're nine, they don't even think about it. It's automatic, it's routine, because that's... That's a viewpoint, the perspective that they have in the situation. Tonight I want to uh, talk to you, I want to preach to you tonight about maintaining perspective, about maintaining perspective in our lives. So if you're taking notes, you can write down maintaining perspective. Maintaining perspective. If you turn to um, Matthew 
chapter 14. Perspective is, is simply the relationship between ideas or, or facts or viewpoints. So say, say, we're, say the Big Ben, you know, the London Olympics are on. We're all sacrificing the London Olympics tonight and God will greatly bless you. The Big Ben, you know, the, the big clock tower, the, the tower itself, not just the bow. The Big Ben, 95 metres tall. Now, we, we know that. That's a fact. But depending on our position... Our perspective will give a different viewpoint of what the Big Ben looks like. If we were in a helicopter way up over London, looking down on the Big Ben, it would seem very, very small. You might, you might not even be able to find it. If you were lying on the ground underneath the Big Ben, getting stuck in all the chewing gum and whatever's going on there, the Big Ben would seem enormous. It would seem massive. Another perspective you could have of the Big Ben is, say, um, you know those, those photos, those silly photos that people still do, even though that they know it's silly, and they put their hand out, and the Big Ben just rests on their hand. Who knows what I'm talking about? Yeah, who's taken one of those silly photos? Yeah, yeah, we all have. We know that they're silly, and we still do them. But that, that's a perspective. It looks like the Big Ben sitting in the hand. The guy's got that, hey, look at that. It's all a matter to do with perspective of how you look at something, of your viewpoint on something. My perspective, it relates to my position. It's where I see from. You know, in the, you think about the home, just, just to, to explore this perspective. You know, the home renovation shows, you guys all seen those home renovation shows, and, um, and the people have a weekend to do up a room, and then off they go. Their, their perspective, their viewpoint, depends on who the person is and, and, and what their role was. So the, the person that actually did the work, they are excited about what they did. There is nothing better than what they did. This is flipping awesome. I'm the man. How di- you know? They are just stoked with what they did. The judge, he's not so, not so keen, not, not so enthusiastic, shall we say, about what the, uh, the homeowners, uh, what, what they've done to this room, this renovation that they've got on TV. He, but he applies a little bit of... Um, you know, a bit of grace, and he says, "Well, you know, you just you had, didn't have so much time and so much resource, so we'll give you give you this mark." Um, the people at home, the people that watch this on TV, their perspective of it, um, they can't see the imperfections; they're relying on the judge, so they tend to be a little bit biased. They might not like blue, so they support the red team, or or that lady there was a bit rude to the other one, and so they like this team over here. But uh, when you get uh, when you get a, a builder or a tradesman that goes in and have a, has a look at these sorts of things, they'll tell you normally that it's atrocious workmanship. They'll be quite honest. That, that's the, the truth. So all these different people were looking at the same thing and had a different sort of perspective. One thought it was fantastic. One was, was sort of judging for a show. People at home sort of had their, their bias on it. But the, the tradesman, the skilled tradesman that knows the truth about it would look at it and say, hmm... That workmanship's not so good. That uh, from his position, how he looks at it, that, that workmanship's, uh, that didn't cut that quite there. The bog's still here and it's not sanded there and that paint's only got one coat. Um, when they had it locally, the, a tradesman in the church uh, told me that he went and had a look at one and he, his perspective, the truth, was quite different to all the different perspectives that you see on TV. And, uh, and that's the kingdom perspective, the kingdom position of who I am, of where I am seated. 
So I am seated in the heavenly places. I am seated. I am a child of the living God. That is where I live. I rule and reign with Christ. That where he is, there I am also. That is who I am. That is my position. So my viewpoint is affected by my position of where I live. Sometimes, as I said earlier, sometimes our our, our perspective, sometimes our position shifts from the truth that we are seated in Christ. Shifts from the truth that we have access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So, so you know, in in our spirit life, depending on our position, our, our perspective of things, we might find ourselves very, very tired or very busy or just unable to pray. But if we're full of the of the Holy Ghost, if we've got a, a position that I'm seated in God, then our, our perspective is, I've got to arise and pray. I've got to stand on the Word of God. I've got to build my spirit, man. Now, depending on our position, depending on our perspective of where we're looking, we'd start talking about souls, about winning souls. And, and you know, there's, there's been some fantastic messages about this. We, we might find ourselves making excuses we might find ourselves fear rising up inside of us, depending on our position, depending on our perspective. Or we might find the heart of God welling up within us, the heart of compassion, the love that compels us to move out. So I'm going to talk tonight about maintaining perspective. You know, I've been on, <laughs> I've been on a bit of a journey, and I want to share that with you. And I've been freshly challenged out of maintaining perspective. So if we want to, we're in Matthew 14. Yep, it is Matthew 14. And uh, we'll read from verse 22. And it's uh, Jesus walking on the sea. And I know that we've all heard it before, but I'll read it to you just to make sure we're all on the same page. Page 100, 1222. <laughs> <clears throat> Immediately, so Jesus has just um, done a mighty miracle, 5,000 people fed. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he'd sent the multitudes away, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. I was, I was imagining how that would be, cried out in fear. I wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine it would be a little whimper. I imagine it would be, ah! Cried out in fear. It just brings a bit of depth to this. <laughs> they were greatly troubled but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying be of good cheer it is I do not be afraid and Peter answered him and said Lord if it is you command me to come to you on the water so he said Jesus said come and when Peter had come down out of the boat he walked on the water to go to Jesus but when he saw the wind was boisterous he was afraid and beginning to sink he cried out saying Lord save me And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? So I'm not going to 
you know, we've all heard this story. I, I just want to pick out some key things that have been, that God's been working out in my life about where I live, what's my viewpoint, what's my perspective. And, uh, and the first thing that strikes me is immediately Jesus, he sent the disciples to the other side. He sent the disciples to the other side. Now, the other side, to me, speaks of purpose, speaks of, of a mission. I'm sending you. I'm sending. So sending is, is a mission. We, we're all, we all have a mission. We all have a, the great commission to go forth in the world and make disciples. So we have a, a, a big mission, but we have a, a daily mission. The Lord's given us good works that, we would, that he planned beforehand that we would walk in. So we all, we all have a purpose. We all have, have a mission. We are made, we are designed for purpose. We are not here by accident. That God has preordained your days. He has a, an assignment, a mission, tailor-made to you, tailor-made to fit you, to fit your hand. It is a mission and it is an assignment. We, are all, we all have this. We all, without purpose, the Bible says without purpose, without vision, the people perish. If we don't have a strong a sense of purpose and drive, why? Why? Why would we? Why? You know, why, why would we get up? Why would we do what we do? We, we, have a, we have a purpose that's wired in us. We are created to know Jesus and to represent him to the world. That is where we find a, a fullness. That is where we find satisfaction. That is where we, we are satisfied in him. We have purpose. Philippians um, 3.12 talks about laying hold of that which Christ laid hold of me. Lay a hold of that which Christ laid hold of me. So Christ laid hold of me is what it's saying. Christ laid hold of me for something. And I am to pursue that something that Christ has laid a hold of me for. We all have something. We all have a plan and a purpose. It doesn't matter who you are, what station in life that you are, we all have a plan. We are all immensely valuable. We are all needed to fulfill the great purpose. But each of us has something that Christ has laid a hold of you to do. We all have a mission. We all have an assignment. It is unique to you and only you can fulfill it. We are people of mission. We are people of purpose. Luke 2.29 says, Jesus is in the temple and he talks about, you know, he's been a bit absent. And uh, none of us bunked school, of course, but it seems that Jesus was bunking school. So maybe there's a precedent there. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's wrong. <laughs> and, uh, and, and his parents said, well, you know, where have you been? Well, you know, you've, you've been bunking. Where, where have you gone? He said, I must be about my father's business. So Jesus had it very clear that this life is but for a very short time and eternity is for a whole lot longer. He said, I must I must be about my father's business. We all have purpose. We have kingdom purpose. You were made for purpose. You have a purpose unique to you. You have an assignment to outwork in your life. Let me ask you, do you know what that assignment is? Do you know what your purpose is? We know that it's to know Jesus and to represent him. But what is your, what is your gifts? What is your talents? What is the strengths? What has is, what is God placed inside of you? What is the mission, the purpose, the assignment for tonight, for tomorrow, for tomorrow lunchtime at 12.28 at the supermarket with the checkout assistant. We all have a, an assignment. We all have a purpose. 
The next thing we see out of these, out of these verses, the next thing I want to draw your attention to, verse 24 says that the boat was in the middle of the sea and it was tossed by the waves. Tossed by the waves. When you say tossed, you're thinking like a, a rugby ball. Tossed or a, or a soccer ball or a tennis. Tossed. So we're talking airtime, I reckon. We're talking waves so boisterous that boats get in air. You know, and that's a little bit before parasailing, paragliding, you know, all those fun sort of things. And I don't reckon the disciples were much enjoying this. It was tossed. It was tossed for it was boisterous. Now, I've got three boys and I can tell you about boisterous. I come home, I lie on the floor and a sonic wave goes through our house. And three boys come in and they don't call uh, play fighting play fighting. They quite appropriately call it attack! And it's all on. We're fighting and, you know, that, that's boisterous. And someone inevitably gets hurt. And that's when the game ends. Tears and we go pray for the person and we go and have some, some and I try and calm them down before dinner, but it's, it's very rarely achieved. So, so the disciples, they're on, they're on their way to purpose, to the other side. They have an assignment. They have an assignment to do. They have a commission. They have been sent. But on the way, they're being tossed about in this boat and there's some boisterous weather going on. You know, on, on our way to our assignments, there is a contention. There is a contention for the kingdom. There is a contention for anything of God building, building big in your life. There is a contention for that. You know, we're praying uh, Friday morning for souls um, with Pastor Sergeant just in the upper room. And uh, as we started very general, it was, it was quite easy to pray. But as we started getting very specific about our assignment, about naming people, about picturing them, bringing them before the cross and, and, and believing God for there was a contention. There was, a, there was an opposition to it. You know, and, and in our lives, there is always a contention for purpose. There might be, um, might be a delay or, or you're praying into an area and, and it gets worse or a relationship and it gets harder. You know, you think, man, because you know, there's a contention for it. You might be praying for finances and suddenly all these bills come in. You're thinking, What? Because there's a contention. The person that you've been reaching out to walls up or, or freezes over. Because, you know, there's a contention. Bryden was talking about that this morning. And he, as he was talking with his uncle, there was a real contention. And, and it must have taken 20, 25 minutes to break through to bring the gospel message to his uncle. Or, or it might be a contention where you're believing for something to happen. And you step out and nothing happens. There's a contention for the kingdom. So we are purpose people and there's a contention. Now let's have a look at the different uh, positions, different perspectives going on here. And uh, verse 25, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Now, walking on the sea, four words, <laughs> walking on the sea. It's, um, that's quite amazing. Jesus' position Jesus' perspective of reality was so governed by the spirit realm that the physics were suspended and Jesus walked on the water. I've tried to walk on water, can't do it. I've seen Mythbusters try and walk on the water, they can't do it. It's, it's very difficult. But Jesus, because of his position, Jesus was fully man. Because of his relationship with his father and his position, 
aware of who he was and his perspective on reality, spirit always triumphs over the natural. Jesus walked on water. Now the disciples, the disciples we, we, just, we just read, they saw him walk in the sea, they were greatly troubled. It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. So, so this is the guy, this man Jesus. They've just been hanging out with Jesus for a, for a wee bit. They've seen the miracles. They've seen the supernatural. They've, you know, we, we, we come to church and we, we see these things too. And, and they, they see, they've just seen a small amount of food feed 5,000 people. And, and their buddy Jesus, who they hang out with, who they have food with, they see him coming towards them and they say, it's a ghost! And they're greatly afraid. When God revealed himself to them, they were greatly afraid. They had lost perspective. <laughs> Completely lost perspective. I, I had a situation a few months ago that, um, that I, was, I lost perspective in big time. I, I got quite overwhelmed by what was happening. And, and I'd received a very clear word from God about what to do. It, it was unequivocal. It was stamped in my heart. I knew what I had to do. But then I started looking at the different relationships that it would affect. And I lost sight of the word that God had given me. And I started looking at the effect on the relationships. And then fear started coming around me. What would they say? What would... What would be the consequence of this? What would be the outcome? What about this? What about that? Should I do this? Should I do that? And I started dithering. I started going forwards and backwards like that little TikTok thing on the piano. And I just got, I, I did my head in. And I got dizzy and I got smaller and smaller and I just couldn't, I just couldn't see until I, I had lunch with a, a good friend and, and he didn't physically slap me but verbally he had something to say. <laughs> And he brought perspective back into the situation for me so I could see I've got to act on God. It doesn't matter if I don't have all the details. I've just got to act on God, what God's saying. And I didn't have a lot of details. Having done that, that brought back a perspective for me in that situation that I could act on the Word of God and just the outcome of that was grace in those relationships that I was fearful about. And now, looking back a few months, it's created a tremendous freedom in my life that I wouldn't have now if, if I hadn't have regained that perspective in that situation. So it's, yeah, that, that's, when you lose perspective, it's not good news. I had my perspective restored. The disciples in that situation, the disciples did too. Jesus, when, when Jesus heard them crying out in verse 27, uh, he spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. That was, uh, that was the movie voice of uh, what Jesus would be saying. It is I. Do not be afraid. So he brought back some perspective to the situation. It is I. It is Jesus. It is that guy that you just saw a few hours ago bringing food, making a supernatural uh, provision to all those multitudes. Don't be afraid. It is I. He brought back some perspective. Now the Bible says in, in Isaiah uh, 40, verse 26, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes off the situation that you're in. 
Lift up your eyes and look upon the Lord. The Lord who created the heavens and the earth by his great power and outstretched arm, that by his power none of the stars are missing. That he created every detail from the very, very big, the boundaries of the universe to the very, very small, the smallest particle that exists that can be seen by man. That is our God. That is the God that we serve. It's, um, it's interesting that Peter's response to having his perspective restored is that he asked Jesus if he could join him in the impossible. Isn't that interesting? One minute he's fearful. There's a ghost. I'm going to lose my life. The boat I'm in has been tossed around like a ball. And the next minute, oh, it's Jesus. Hey, can I join you walking on the water? Can I join you and the impossible? When we have perspective, our take, our viewpoint on reality changes. Our position changes of what we see, of how we think about something. So, so I've been journeying, and um, and and I've just got I've got some practical keys I want to share tonight. Just some just a few practical keys about kingdom position, about kingdom perspective, about realizing our purpose and living life to advance the kingdom. And 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 I've. I'm still journeying through this, um, but they, these have been very helpful for me. And so my, my first point is, uh, do not be afraid. And uh, if we read in verse 27, Jesus said, do not be afraid. Amazing. And then in verse 30, Peter was afraid when, when he was losing perspective. If you look up, um, do not fear or do not be afraid. If you just do a word search, there are a whole host of incidences through the Bible where God reveals who he actually is. Not, not this nice God that we put on a box or this nice God that we might you know, talk about. or just you know. When he reveals who he is, often he'll say, do not fear. When he reveals the assignment for our life, he says, do not fear. I've sent you with 300 men to take on 30,000 men. You'll be fine. Do not fear. I am with you. See, fear, fear is a major limitation in walking in, in, in kingdom perspective, in kingdom position. I, I, I would think fear would be one of the biggest limitations that we face. Certainly one of the biggest ones that I face is, is fear. And, and, but the thing is, there's power available to become free from fear. It's a choice. Do I choose to live with this thing or do I not? And and I've done, a, I've done a bit of a word search. I've gone on a bit of a journey. And, and, and fear, there's a, there's a truth aspect to this and there's an action aspect to, to opposing. There's um, a, a truth, an understanding who I am in God and an action, an outcome of this revelation of taking a stand. See, faith always outworks. And, and Isaiah 40, verse 10 God's talking and, and he says, the Lord is with you. You belong to me. Fear not. I am with you. You belong to me. Fear not, for I am with you. You belong to me. And, and, and the picture I get of this is like a, a mother with a, her little toddler. And, and the toddler, man, there could be alligators, there could be all sorts of things going on. 
But as long as a toddler can see their mum, they're fine. It doesn't matter. I can see my mum. I'm not afraid because my mum's with me and she gave me birth and she's looking after me. It's okay. It's a truth encounter to wrap that around me. Everywhere I go, God is with me. Everywhere I go, God is with me. He is with me. I belong to him. I belong to him. He's not going to cause any harm to come to me. I'm, he's with me. I am with him. Nehemiah 4, 14. Uh, Nehemiah says to his, his army, Fear not. Remember the Lord and fight. So remember the Lord. Remember the things that he's done. Stir up the truth in your heart of who our God is, of the victories that, you've, that have gone on, of the salvation that you've had, of the freedom that you've walked in, and fight. Fight. Assert yourself. Stand up. Do something. Take action. Stir up your spirit and take action. Resist this thing. Resist the fear. Resist the fear that comes around you, that limits you. In Joshua 1, uh, the Lord tells Joshua, he's just taken over Moses' shoes. Moses had big shoes, like size 20. And, uh, and Joshua might not quite have size 20 just yet. And, uh, and the Lord says to him, Do not fear, fear not. Be strong and courageous. So continue. Don't give up. Don't quit. Be strong and courageous. This is the word that I've given you. This is the assignment. This is the purpose. This is who you are in me. Be strong and courageous. Resist this fear. Contend against this fear and continue in the freedom and the truth that our God is with us. Now, 1 John 4 talks about perfect love casts out all fear. As we become aware of our supernatural and loving God that we've been praising tonight, fear leaves. Fear has no place. Fear has no hold. I've declared war on fear in my life. I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to live with it. I'm not going to submit to it. I'm not going to come under its yoke. I'm going to walk free. I'm not going to be under fear. I'm not going to be afraid. Because I'm seated in the heavenly places. I have a God who is alive in me and I'm alive in Him. I'm not going to be fearful. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to stand on His Word and I'm going to walk free. I'm going to contend for what is mine, for what Christ lay hold for me. I'm going to contend for that because I want my life to count in eternity. My second point, first point, fear not. Do not be afraid. Second point is, uh, is mandate. Mandate. Verse 29. And so Peter said to Jesus, command you, command me to come to you on the water. And in verse 29, Jesus said, come. Now, I love this verse. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Jesus said, come. It's, it's like you've been to Harvey Norman and you brought your dream plasma TV and you've paid for it and you've got the little receipt and they say, sir, just go around the back of the apartment store and, and you can pick up your plasma TV. So on the journey from the till where you've um, purchased this plasma TV and you're going around to the, to the depot to pick it up, you've got this piece of paper and it says, you own this plasma TV. This is yours. But you haven't yet got it. You're on your way to pick it up. So Jesus said to Peter, come. Peter has this now, this deed of entitlement to walk on water. Because Jesus has commanded it. He said, come. It's his. It's Peter's now. 
He just needs to obtain it. He just needs to pick it up. Now, I'm sure we can all think of areas in our lives where God has spoken a specific word to us, which is our entitlement to own it, to pick it up. It hasn't yet come, but it will come if we lay hold of it. He might have spoken to you and might have said that your sister-in-law will be saved. That's an entitlement to own and to walk in. He might have spoken to you that your son will be healed. That's an entitlement for you now own and walk in it. It's a mandate. God said it. He's given it to you. It's yours to own, yours to walk in. My my third point is is prayer and faith. So I've added in faith, prayer and faith, because I've observed in my own life there can be two types of prayer. Um, One of the prayers isn't in faith. It's out of obligation. It's out of works. And another prayer is in faith. And there is quite a difference between the two prayers. So when I have my mandate, when I have that word from God that I can confess and speak over my life, when you have that mandate, when you hear from God and get that fresh cutting edge word for today, word that God's bringing into your life, the kingdom that he's unveiling to you, we can pray a freaked out prayer where we're not really positioned, we're not really in it, we're just going through the motions. Or we can pray a prayer of faith a prayer that rises up where every fibre of our being is sold and it's committed to obtaining this inheritance, where we stand on the word of God and we speak and we decree it over our life, we hold fast and we push in until the circumstance changes. That is the prayer of faith that I'm talking about. Normally it comes when you have no other option. I've observed in my life. It normally comes when I have no other option, when there is a level of desperation where I just don't care anymore, but I want God, I want your will to be done in this situation. I lay a hold of your word and I speak and I decree it until it comes to pass. And you know, that prayer is always answered because the Bible says it is always answered. Call upon me and I will answer. I will show you great and mighty things. As you ask, you shall receive. That is the prayer of faith. Now, just before I, I, I give, yeah, when, in, in verse, sorry, point four. So point three was prayer and faith. Point four is action. So verse 29, uh, Peter actually got out of the boat. He had to do something. He had to take action. So the prayer of faith, when you're praying this prayer of faith, one of the draws I find is that you are committed to action irrespective of consequence, irrespective of outcome. Your prayer is so passionate, so desperate, you're so committed, you will take whatever action is required. Whatever action the Lord births in your heart, that is what you will do. You've chosen. I will I, I contend in prayer and I will take action. Faith always, always takes action. Peter got out of the boat. He took action. He took a step. And in every area, in every sphere, faith requires action. We need to take a step. We need to do something. We're partnering with God. We're here together. There's two of us. And uh, God supplies the power and we supply the body that moves, the mouth that talks, the, uh, the fire. You know, we make ourselves available. We take, take action. Uh, just uh, before I give the last point, um, 
in, I've just been going through a situation in my work over an extended period of time. And in this situation, I, I was losing perspective. I, I had some, some words around this and, uh, about favour, about blessing, about um, joy and peace and, and all these wonderful things. But what I, what I was seeing with my eyes was some very uh, contentious relationships and, and things just weren't coming together. And, and as I looked in the natural, I came under that, 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 um, what was going on, that circumstance, that situation. And I became influenced by that. And I lost sight of what God had spoken to me, of what God had told me. And then just I reached to, <laughs> I reached a position of desperateness, a, a position of abandonment, a position of I don't care what happens, but God, your will be done. God, this is the word that you've given me. You've spoken this in my heart that I will be blessed. God, that I will be blessed in this situation. I will be blessed. God, you promised breakthrough. And as I started renewing my perspective in this situation, as I, I started finding faith and a fire rising up in my belly, as I held on to the word that God had given me for this situation, for this circumstance, as I stood on it, I started decreeing. It became like, you know, like a jet turbine that it takes a bit of effort to get that thing around. You, you need a, a battery off the side and it starts going around and it sucks the fuel in. But at, at some point it catches and this jet starts becoming alive. And, and the, 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 I started feeling a strength come about me in this situation as I stood and I decreed the word of God. I held it over it. And as I was doing this, I started getting insight into the different relationships, the different dynamics that were going on. And in that, I could start naming things and start taking dominion from my kingdom perspective, not my earthly perspective into this situation. And then as I started doing that, I became aware of some things, some actions that I needed to take, some things that I needed to do. Because that was my position, that was my faith, that my prayer was like, whatever I need to do, God, I'll do it. Um, I, I just believe your word and I need it to come to pass. I'm desperate for it to come to pass. And so as I started taking these actions, one of these actions was to sow a seed. And so I, my wife and I, um, we, we sowed a seed. We invested money as a seed for breakthrough because that's what God told us to do. I met with one of the, the people, aside from, from everyone. I met with another one of the people unsaved and shared my journey and my issue with authority and how I broke through and the, the power of God that transformed my life and you know I, I was it's a little bit hard to share that sort of journey with someone unsaved you need to be a little bit sensitive about the sort of words that you use but that completely changed the situation so that within a, a few weeks the roadblock was gone and relationship was restored and agreement and principle between all the parties was was obtained and and now, blessing, the promise of God, blessing is coming in such that we, we can't contain it. We, said, you know, we just can't contain it. And, and, I, and I look and I think, wow, what if I hadn't have found my perspective in the situation? That word would have fallen to the ground. I would have lost it. As, I, as we held on, as we stood firm, God brought breakthrough in our situation, breakthrough in the circumstance. My, my last point 
uh, before I finish is, is found in verse 31. And, and Jesus said, he stretched out his hand and caught Peter as Peter was falling in the water. And he said, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And, and, and I've just, this is a fresh challenge in my heart as I've just been thinking about this. So you of little faith. See, see Peter, Peter walked on the water. And man, that's amazing. He walked on it twice, really, to Jesus and then back from Jesus. And, and that's, I mean, the enormity of that is quite difficult to comprehend. We've got no yardstick. But you see, God's perspective is easy. From God's perspective, it's easy. Salvation is easy. Miracles, healings, easy. Release of finance, easy. Restoration of relationship, easy. That's God's perspective. And I became challenged with this growing in faith. I became aware that so often, I mean, it is great to receive breakthrough in my work situation. I believe God's called me to purpose and business, business as mission. I, I believe that. He's placed it inside of my heart. It is an assignment that God has given me to walk in, to influence people around my business sphere for Christ and to generate resource to support the kingdom. I believe that. But I became aware that my my, my prayers were so small and my perspective and my position is, was so small and, and self-centered and, and selfish. And, and I started, as I started thinking about this and about God's perspective and how easy it is, how, how much in faith I felt challenged that I need to grow. And so for me, some specific areas is the areas of souls, the areas of salvation. I became aware, just even as Brighton was preaching this morning, what am I doing? Who am I specifically reaching out to? How desperate am I in this situation, in this circumstance, to see God come through? Something outside of me. Where am I at on, on healing? I mean, this is the Bible. This is the Word of God that we decreed and we agreed before. This is true. Where am I at with seeing um, miracles happen? Where where am I at on this journey? And I felt God speaking to me, I need to grow in my faith. I need to take that next step. I need to get a kingdom perspective and a kingdom position around how I live, that I could see God break through in my life, that we can see God break through in our lives as we get bigger in God, as we journey with God, as we take that next step to break through, to break free. So just to just to wrap up now, if we um, we'll have the band up. If you handsome people would be so kind. So I've been talking tonight about perspective, about position, about holding on to the the Word of God, and seeing God move through our lives. And I've been personally challenged, having lost perspective in a number of situations regaining it and seeing God come through. And I'm feeling continually challenged about enlarging my viewpoint of what God could do through me, about agreeing with God about what is easy and taking the next steps to see that outwork in my life. So my five points tonight, point one was do not be afraid. Do not fear. Do not allow fear 
to wrap around us, to hinder us, to rob us of our destiny and purpose, of whatever it might be, of whatever situation, whether it's finance, there's a fear in there, whether it's in relationships, whether it's a fear of rejection, a fear of failure, a fear of physical harm, a fear of self of what others think about you, and so you shut down and you and you shut out the possibility of what God could do through us. The second point was mandate that we have a live word from God. Do you have a live word from God burning in your heart that you are speaking and decreeing over your life to see it come true? Do you have someone specific that you are crying out in a position of faith that, God, you would save this person? Do we have a position of faith for our finances, for our marriage, for our children in our workplace? Do we have a live word of God compelling us, calling us, moving us forward? Point three was a prayer and faith where we hold on to this and we will not move till it comes to pass. Point four is taking that action in that position. And then point five is growing in our faith. To grow in our faith. That we might, you know, as I talked about the shoelace earlier on, the five-year-old, that was great that he could tie his shoelaces. Well done. That is something to be celebrated. But to grow in our faith, you need to become a nine-year-old where it's just routine. It's automatic. And now he's looking at something new. He's probably got his eyes set on driving the car. It's, uh, uh, he is so near. Growing in faith. What's the next thing we can stretch out and believe God for? What, what is the, the bigness, the bigness of the assignment, the bigness of the purpose that God could release in our life? So what is God saying to you tonight? Now, we've got a fantastic prayer team here. We have got some highly anointed men and women of God, some of them international ministries, would love to partner with you in prayer, would love to pray for you, to believe for breakthrough, uh, believe for growth, just partner with you in faith and prayer. But let's get specific before God now. Let's just, let's just close our eyes and just ask God, God, what are you saying to me? God, how would you have me respond tonight what is it that he's laying on your heart is it an area to do with fear that there's fear wrapped around you fear in a situation fear in a circumstance fear of sharing a testimony fear of stepping out fear of failure fear of rejection fear of how you'll look fear to stand up for what you believe for who you are fear of what it might cost Is there a fear? Is there a situation that you're facing right now that you are needing God's perspective on? That as as you've listened to the Spirit of the Lord tonight speaking to you through my words, you become aware that there's this situation here and God, I've lost your perspective and what, what could be. Or perhaps tonight God's calling you forth to grow in faith, to recommit, to rededicate that, Lord, I'm going to stand on your word. God, I'm going to take action. God, I'm going to grow in who I am in you. 
just with our eyes closed now if you feel God speaking to you tonight about one of those things would you just raise your hand so that I could see thank you Jesus his hand's going up and now we're going to give you an opportunity to respond to partner with God tonight praying and believing for breakthrough but first if you don't know Jesus I would like to give you this opportunity to respond you know when I was unsaved I lived my life separated from God living week to week without purpose without destiny just broken destitute and I am so eternally grateful that Jesus came into my heart saved me with his love redeemed me made me a new creation in him took away the old gave me all the new has it been an easy walk? no it's not has it been hard? yes it has some of my hardest decisions have been made walking with him would I exchange it for my old life? no I would not not ever tonight if you would like to receive Jesus into your life into your heart and start this great journey this great adventure Would you please raise your hand? Thank you, Jesus. So for those that raised their hands before, those that are wanting prayer for breakthrough in a minute, we're all going to stand to our feet. We're going to worship our Lord. And I invite you, if you've raised your hand, you want to come forward for prayer. Maybe it's fear that you're wanting to break through from in a situation, in a circumstance. Maybe maybe it's fear, uh, it's a situation that you're facing right now and you're needing kingdom perspective. Maybe you're seeking a mandate, you're seeking a word from God. God, I need a, a word in this, this area. Or maybe you're just recommitting to passionately pursue Him. As we stand I invite you to come to the front and respond to the Lord. Come to the front and we'll love to pray for you. So we just stand, let's worship our Lord. And if you feel God speaking to you tonight, come up the front, respond to our Lord.